Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode 42. At the time of this recording, Bitcoins are trading at $377 each. And according to the LTB Coin Exchange Rate Widget, LTB Coins are trading at $0.000285 US dollars. The LTB Coin Widget uses the latest sell price from Poloniex and derives USD price using the latest BTC USD data from Bitcoin Average. I now have the LTB Coin Exchange Rate Widget on my website, bitcoinsandgravy.com, and I love the feature where prices automatically update every 15 minutes. If there are any listeners out there who have not started earning LTB coins by contributing content to Let's Talk Bitcoin, that's okay because there's an even easier way to earn LTB coin, and that's by listening to all the great shows on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network and listening for the magic word in each episode. Some of you are already doing this. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's easy. Once you've set up your free account at letstalkbitcoin.com, you can key in the magic word that you hear on this show or the magic word that you hear on other LTB shows, and you will immediately earn LTB coins. Yes, it's really that easy. And did I mention that LTB coins are trading at 0.000285 US dollars? Mm, mm, mm. Now that's gravy. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining me today as I podcast from East Nashville, Tennessee, with my trusty sidekick, Maxwell, by my side. Say hello, Maxwell. <laughs> We're two Bitcoin enthusiasts who love talking about Bitcoins and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Thanks for listening, guys and gals, and we hope you enjoy the show. On today's show, I travel out west to the great state of Utah to speak with Mark Hilgenberg, the co-founder of WatchMyBit.com. WatchMyBit is an amazing new platform that allows musicians, comedians, actors, entertainers, educators, and content creators of all kinds to express themselves and make some real money at the same time. And by real money, of course, I'm referring to Bitcoin, the currency of the Internet. So imagine YouTube without all the ridiculous time-wasting ads. Sounds pretty sweet, huh? Watch My Bit is taking us to the next level. It's the future, and it's coming up here in just a few minutes on Bitcoins and Gravy. If I can find the right button to push here. That's not it, damn it. Um, well, anyway, uh, keep stair-stepping or hiking through the woods or whatever it is you're doing, and I hope you enjoy the show. Today on the show, I am very happy to have Mark Hilgenberg here with me. I'm talking to Mark, who is in Utah somewhere. We'll find out here in a minute. Mark is with WatchMyBit.com. Mark, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Now, where are you in Utah? What's the name of the city? South Jordan. South Jordan. It sounds it's, so biblical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's off right off the Jordan River here. It's pretty much all one big uh, city. It's all Salt Lake City, you know, with just a bunch of suburbs that are all connected. I feel a song coming on. Do you mind if I sing real quick? <laughs> Please. Okay, here we go. Uh, forgive me in advance. Well, the Jordan River is chilly and cold. It chills the body, but not the soul. Uh, <laughs> I have my new ringtone now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're scaring me. You're going to scare people with that, man. <laughs> okay, let's get back to it. Uh, you had mentioned that you are familiar with the couple who's been living in Salt Lake City on nothing but Bitcoin. Is that right? 
Yeah, Life on Bitcoin, a video series they did about a year ago. Yeah, they're uh, another Bitcoin Utah claim to fame. Oh, yeah, Austin and Becky Craig. You said you've met them, right? I've met Austin, yeah, at a Bitcoin meetup. We have good Bitcoin meetups here, so it's nice. Yeah, it seems to be uh, seems to be bigger than it is here in Nashville, although we are getting together the Tennessee Bitcoin Alliance. But yeah, Salt Lake City and that whole area in Utah is just beautiful land. It just has that out west feeling I really like whenever I've been there. And of course, Salt Lake City and surrounding areas is beautiful with all of the mountains. Mountains, if they could just get some of that industrial crap to move out of the city, because I, I know that being in that valley, supposedly, it's some of the worst air pollution in the country. Oh, yeah. It doesn't get really bad until it gets really cold. So if it's, you know, 10 degrees or 15 degrees and you have that going on for days and days and days without a storm, all the exhaust and smog and gunk from cars and all the industry kind of rise up and get trapped by warmer air up above. And it just keeps it as a layer above us because we live in a bowl. But as I say, luckily that happens when, you know, you don't want to be hanging out outside at 10 degrees anyway. So (laughs) I'll take that in the winter anytime over, you know, a summertime smog. Now, that's a really good point. 10 degrees, you don't want to be hanging outside necessarily. All right, well, uh, let's get to it. Let's see. You are the co-founder with another guy named Doug Scribner, and then you also have a tech guy that works with you, too, whose name is Oliver Goretzky. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So tell me about how you guys met, how this whole idea came to be, and what role each one of you plays with WatchMyBit.com. And after you tell me that, then we'll get into some of the meat, some of the details of uh, WatchMyBit. Sounds great. Well, um, the one I know longest is Doug. Doug and I, we go back in uh, libertarian outreach circles going back to the uh, late 90s out in California. We both worked on the Steve Cubby for Governor campaign, did um, an award-winning commercial actually for Steve Cubby, a, a poly award-winning commercial that was a South Park spoof. And we made a few more commercials for Harry Brown for president in 2000. We did one and a few others. So we were involved in outreach and video production, you know, commercials for libertarian party candidates. Candidates. Okay. So that's where we go back. So we've known each other back when we both lived in California, you know, since I want to say about 1997 or so. Okay. Um, and Oliver, I just met through Doug, he's the tech guy. Oliver's our tech creator who's built all the magic of the platform. So Doug and I are the promoters and, you know, run the business and that side of things. And, you know, me kind of more the vision side and Oliver's putting the meat and potatoes in the platform and he's doing a great job at it. Okay, great. Now, so watchmybit.com from the video that I watched, I think it was one that Doug had sent me. It looks like something that could potentially compete with YouTube, right? That's pretty much our goal, yes, is to take the YouTube concept, which they've done a great job. You know, YouTube has made it where anybody with a camera can now shoot something and build a fan base, build an audience, and actually turn it into a career, potentially. There's been a lot of, you know, they call them YouTube millionaires built off that. So it's a great platform for that. But where we've seen kind of the fault of it is it's still based on the old model of advertising, you know, the 1950s television advertising model. And today, even, you know, even more, where not only is it the commercial that plays before and after, it's the pop-ups in the middle and so forth. Yeah, you know, it's funny how that just creeps in, and then after a while, <laughs> the anger subsides, and then you just, oh, 
I've got to wait uh, 15 seconds for this or, you know, the five, four, three, two, one, click on it as quickly as you can so you can watch yeah. the content that you're really interested in. You know, what a lot of the advertisers don't realize is, yeah, I'm sure that there are a certain percentage of viewers, watchers who get sucked into those advertisements. But for me, I mean, it's one out of maybe 50,000 of those things where I'll actually stop and watch it for whatever reason. You know, maybe there's a girl in a bikini or something. But even then, I have no idea what they're advertising and I don't care at all. I think advertisers honestly moving forward in the future i think there's so much good content out there and i think there are so many decentralized models coming down the pike that i think advertisers are going to get screwed although you know they may just get trickier and trickier but you know i just want to say to him hey guys no one's listening to your shit anymore <laughs> you know? yeah that's exactly what we're counting on is you know the idea that the ad model is going by the wayside especially for the younger generation and it's it's funny too you see just like with the pop-ups or the little things that pop up in the video the inventor of the pop-up ad totally regrets it now. He's saying that, you know, that there has to be other business models other than in advertising. And with Bitcoin, that's where we found that it is a way where you can actually use micropayments or smaller payments to watch video as opposed to sitting through the ads and, and sitting through, you know, or having to pay a subscription and sign up or all of that. With Bitcoin, it's as easy with our platform now as a QR code pops up, you open up your app on your phone, your Mycelium or whatever uh, wallet app you have, uh -huh. scan the code and boom, the video starts instantly. So, nice. you know, for small amounts of money, we feel that there's going to be an audience out there that won't mind doing that for small amounts of money. Now, it's different if you're paying, you know, two, three dollars just to watch a 30 second ad. That's what you would have to do with credit cards. You know, you'd have to charge a lot more to utilize traditional credit cards and so forth. Right just to cover the fees. Right. But with the low cost of Bitcoin, it's great. You know, people can charge nine cents and they'd still be making money and we'd still cover the cost and they would be able to, you know, quickly watch videos without any wait or delay. And I imagine that as this thing goes forward, that there's going to be even a quicker way that you can have your computer set up, maybe even just to have a key function. You know, uh, the thing pops up, it says, you know, however many Satoshis to watch this video. And I just push, you know, control F7 and my computer has a way to pay it without me picking up my device, scanning the QR code, which for me is very fast. But for your average person, well, let's be honest, your average person has never used their smart device or their phone to scan a QR code and send some value. Right. It's still a very small percentage of people who have done that, you know, in the Bitcoin, exactly. in the Bitcoin community. Sometimes we can start to think, wow, everybody's doing this. Well, not really, because when you ask around, people really don't even know what's going on with new technologies. You ask about NFC and people are clueless. Even when you explain it, they're clueless. I was in California recently and I told my brother about it. He has an Android phone. I said, go search for the NFC on your phone. He said, I don't think I have. That. I said, well, search here. And he searched there. He found it. So he was able to transfer as we held our phones together a beautiful photo he had taken of a, rain, a double rainbow. He was able to transfer it to my phone just by holding the two phones together. And he was blown away because he had never even heard of it. And it was on his device. So I think that, yep. uh, yeah, I think people really are behind. But I think that this next generation, it's not even generations anymore. I think generations are divided into quarters because things are happening so quickly. So it's like micro, yeah. micro generations, right, getting this new information. And so I think young people are going to be more and more savvy tech savvy as time goes by and i do know that young people right now they're much more likely to adopt something quickly if it's presented in an intelligent way hey here's how you can do this all you need is your phone kids are going to pick it up like that right 
that's what we're counting on too. And it's not just that they're going to do it just to be doing it. They're going to do it because it's something they want. If it's their, you know, their favorite local band that's, you know, up and coming and they know that they can go home and in two days for 20 cents, watch the show, the live show that they were just at, they're going to figure out how to get Bitcoins. And as you say, you know, it's going to get to the point and there's already programs out there and so forth where it's built into your Chrome browser and so forth. It's just going to be an easy point and click. So that's what we're looking forward to is the seamless integration of being able to pay with Bitcoin is just going to drive this even faster. But we feel it's going to be the viewers that are going to be driving this because they're the ones, you know, we call them super fans. You know, so if you go to if you go to YouTube, you'll see a lot of content creators that get on average of 50 to 100,000 views for their content. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're making a hundred, couple of hundred dollars, something like that. But of that 50,000 or so, there's probably five to 10,000 people that are just raving super fans that will do anything to see the next video. Yeah. And especially if they can see it early or they get some kind of premium for doing it or so forth, they're going to figure out how to get Bitcoin and pay that 25 cents or 30 cents to watch that. Yeah. So that's kind of what our model is based on is driving towards the super fan to get the average person to say, you know, I need to get Bitcoin because I want to see this. I love it, man. I really, really like this. Okay, so what kind of technology are you guys using? Is this something new? Does it involve an altcoin? Uh, Are you working off the Bitcoin platform? Uh, What's the tech behind this? The tech behind it is just the basic off-the-shelf Bitcoin platform. We're using the uh, the same old Bitcoin blockchain, the same technology, no Bitcoin 2.0, no master coins, anything like that. It's just basic Bitcoin. You see the QR code and the um, address pop up, you scan and pay. So there's nothing new that people are going to have to learn. It's already something that's out there in the system. I see. Now, is this scalable? You know, there's always this conversation about scalability when it comes to micropayments and processing those payments, which is basically what miners are doing all day long. They are the ones who are processing payments. It's one way to look at it, right? As they protect the network and all of that. But is there any danger there that if Watch My Bit gets as big as YouTube, let's say within the next five years, that we have too many transactions? That's something we've talked about, and the way it works as far as the video starting, the transaction just has to hit the blockchain. We don't even have to worry about confirmations at that point or anything. And on the back end, we're working with David Decini, who runs Do a Bit of Good, which is a charitable-based platform. Okay. And he's working with us as far as doing the processing. And what's nice is we're going to be able to bundle transactions together for payment purposes to content creators and so forth. Mm. So we're going to reduce the stress on the, on the blockchain on that side. Nice. So the fact that it's only just hitting the blockchain, we don't feel that there's going to be an issue as far as any any problems on that point. And if we do get big enough and we're just bundling more and more, we're going to just have larger blocks of bundled payments. So we don't see a, a negative with it going forward. I see. That's great. And what do you think the average payment would be? And are you talking in Satoshis? Are you talking in millibits? We typically tell people right now, if you're going to you know, sign up and put content on there, if you're just doing your typical three to five minute, say, video cast or music video, charge something like 25, 30 cents. You know, okay. just put it in pennies and our system automatically converts to whatever the Bitcoin price is at that time. So it's already baked right in. Like when you scan the QR code, it shows the Satoshis, the number of Satoshis, and it shows the U.S. dollar price. So mm-hmm. you'll see it right there and you know you're paying 25 cents for a 25 cent video. Right. Yeah, it seems like it would take a little while before you'd really know um, how much people want to pay. I think people will easily part with a penny 
right? A nickel, yeah. a dime. When it gets up to a quarter, people start thinking, ah, if I have four of those, I can buy a soft drink or something. So I imagine it could take a little while for you and for content creators to figure out, oh, okay, it's 18 cents. That's the exact amount to ask for for this music video or for this content, and people are happy to pay that every time. Yeah, you know, that's definitely an experiment that we're going to see, and we're going to see different types of content creators experimenting with that. And we feel that there probably will be you know, uh, upper limit, but there is going to be some content creators that might have premium information or some kind of special video that the super fans they'll pay dollars for, you know, they may pay $2 if they know they could get something a week before anybody else, say it's a, a walkthrough on a brand new video game from their favorite YouTube guy that does video walkthroughs. Right. He may say, well, I'm going to put it on watch my bit for $2 and it's going to be here for two weeks before I put it on my YouTube channel, there's going to be a lot of people, you know, my, my 11-year-old, one of them, who will be begging for those $2 <laughs> of Bitcoin to be able to get that early walkthrough of, of his favorite game. So it may not be the million views that they get, but maybe it's 100,000 views. And just the, the revenue that a content creator would get on our system compared to say the ad model on YouTube, it's dramatically different. You know, you could get 10,000 views on YouTube and you're lucky if you make 50 to a hundred dollars, which it's, you know, it's still nice, but that's 10,000 views. If you got 10,000 views on our system and you're only charging say 25 cents or so, and you know, you're netting say 20 cents, that's $2,000. So that's a decent amount of money that can keep you going and keep you, you know, creating new content. Oh, absolutely. And when you said walkthrough, it made me think of real estate and the online MLS listings. Real estate agents now offer videos of walkthroughs. You know, they do the video walkthrough of the house, but I just thought, wow, yeah, people might pay a premium if it's a hot area of town and people really want to move there, they might pay a premium to watch the walkthrough and then to make uh, an offer right there using blockchain technology, possibly. I think the future of what blockchain technology is going to bring to business, I think really it's beyond what we any of us can conceive of right now. And, you know, my only fear always is that it's going to move my fear is that it's going to move into an area where nothing is free, where you can't have email for free. You can't, you know, watch any content for free. That would be my only fear that we get to the point where you have to pay for everything. And then from that point, just like taxes or so, it seems those low numbers go to higher numbers and higher and higher and higher and higher, like property taxes, for instance, where it gets to the point where, you know, there's only a certain percentage of people that can afford it anymore. Yeah. I look at it as I'm more willing to give money directly to the people that I feel are giving me value as opposed to giving it to the middleman who keeps most of it and gives a little bit, you know, be that a government or be that a Google, you know, Google makes a lot of money off those ads and they give little bits to their content creators. So the idea that if we're paying for things and it's going directly to each other, I don't feel as bad about that. I kind of like that idea as opposed to it going to a government or to a a Google or so forth. So it seems like this is going to kind of break down the whole idea of a hierarchy and we're going to be more pancaked and dealing directly with each other. And it kind of ties in with me with a, a concept that I've been big on for years. It was a book I read years ago called The Experience Economy. And the idea that we're moving from a service economy 
to an economy where we're providing experiences to each other as opposed to just a service. Hmm. And this, to me, ties right in along with that, that we're providing an experience with each other, you know, be that music or be that some kind of comedy show, any type of podcast or video cast, that's going to be an experience. And when we're cutting out the middleman and we're cutting out the gatekeepers, I feel a lot more comfortable with that. And I'll be more than happy to give a few cents or a few dollars to that. You look at the Netflix model. Netflix has been doing pretty well just with monthly charges and so forth. Same with a um, Sirius XM. So that kind of model where it's directly going, even though those are still big, you know, corporations, it's still a lot of that is going to the content creators. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think that more and more, especially again with these new generations, these micro generations coming up, more and more people can feel when they're being conned. I mean, you go back to the 50s and the advertisers were trying to move people away from Whole Foods and from, you know, making things from scratch and offering, you know, all of these easy to use, you know, the cake mix in a box, the TV dinner, uh, the dried goods that you add water to reconstitute it, and that's supposed to be dinner. You know, I think that people back then, they were so excited about television and still excited about radio and all of these new things. So they were easily conned. I think these days, We've been conned for so long that young people now know, hey, I'm watching something on YouTube or I'm trying to check my email, you know, for God's sake. And all of a sudden, all this crap is popping up in front of my face. It's as if they're trying to take the advertisers and the companies like Yahoo and Google. It's as if they're trying to take your time. And when someone tries to take your time and it's obvious, the first thing that most people feel is, wow, I'm being disrespected here. I'm being dissed here by these by these folks. Right. And so I think that people are feeling that more and more. And I think that they're hungry for something like watch my bit. uh, That's, you know, just going to be a different model. It's going to be the same idea. We can still have watch my bit millionaires, people who just become so popular that uh, they're able to make a living at it, right? Sure. For the people who are at the other end, the viewers, right? The people who are consuming that content or who are enjoying, we should we should no longer be called consumers. We should be called enjoyers. <laughs> exactly. So for the enjoyers out there, let's set up a model like what you guys are talking about where they're treated fairly. They're treated with respect. I mean, you wouldn't have somebody over to your house and right before dinner, instead of just just, you know, beginning to eat or saying the evening prayer or whatever you do, you give them an advertisement, would you? You know, hey, before we start dinner, I'd like everyone to know that the car you saw in the driveway when you pulled in, that's for sale. And um, Timmy's trying to sell his old MacBook, if any of you guys are interested in that. I mean, how rude would that be, right? So I just don't that's think very that... True. Yeah, I just don't think that the Googles and the Yahoos realize that these young people and, you know, people my age, people your age, people generally, we're tired of the con. We're tired of being advertised to. We're tired of, you know, in order for us to get what we want, we have to sit through some crap or have some crap thrown in our faces. We're sick and yep. tired of it. And the other thing is half this crap, most people can't even afford. I mean, your average person watching NFL football on Sunday or Monday and the ads come on for uh, whatever car, it's only $350 or $300 a month. Your average person can't afford that. There are a lot of people, that's their rent every month, you know? So they're advertising these extremely expensive, extremely fancy pieces of crap that nobody even needs to start with to people who can't afford it to start 
start with, right? The majority of people can't afford it. But I guess they're advertising to that, you know, 1% or 5% of the people who can afford that fancy car. I mean, it's ridiculous, you know? People are sick and tired of it. And you know the other thing? It makes people want things that they can't afford. Why should we spend our lives wanting things that we can't get? I mean, that is ridiculous. You know what it does? You know what it breeds in people? It breeds discontent. It makes people unhappy. I'm not happy with my 1992 Honda that runs just fine, that has great heat for the winter, right? And a great cold AC for the summer. I'm not happy with it, though, right? Because the paint job looks like crap, you know? and the headliners ripped up a little bit. Who cares, right? I mean, the only danger there really is that you're going to be profiled by the cops. Hey, there's a poor guy. Let's pull him over. He's probably a drug dealer, (laughs) you know? Well, they should be pulling over the guys that are driving the fancy cars, right? It's much more likely that they're the drug dealer, right? And in conclusion, these advertisers treating us like products, treating us like consumers, that all we're meant to do, the only reason that we're alive is to consume and to keep buying the crap that they want to push out there for us to buy. It makes me sick. And in conclusion, it just burns my ass. Yeah, I agree. I was looking at some numbers yesterday, you know, trying to see how much the average person still watches TV, because I know it's probably gone down for us, you know, especially the younger generations, but we're still on average watching five hours a day of TV. And when you look at the average hour now, there's 16 minutes of commercials per hour. Oh, man. So do the math on that and look at how much propaganda we're getting a year. It's frightening. And, you know, that's where with WatchMyBit.com, we're hoping that we can kind of do away with that. And, you know, if you look at the average, I call it, you know, the millennial generation, I would say, which is under 32, a lot of their time is spent on the phone. They watch a lot of the TV on the phone now. They're not sitting behind a big screen TV or even their computer. They're just sitting behind their phone. So the more we can just deliver things directly to them for small, small amounts of money, I feel we're going to engage a lot more people. And I think it's going to change the model of how entertainers or how creators deal with their fans as opposed to them being these lottery winners that were hand selected from the elite to now be the new, you know, American idol, so to speak. And they're making (laughs) 50, a hundred million dollars a year, which, you know, that's the dream for a lot of entertainers. But then there's a lot of people that are entertainers and in the entertainment business, they just want to make a good living doing what they love. They're not necessarily out there looking to win the lotto, but right now, That's the way the model's set up. You're either a lotto winner or you're a waitress wanting to be the lotto winner. But with Watch My Bit, we feel that we're going to give content creators the ability to make a decent living. You know, they're not going to make... 40 million a year, but they might make 40,000 a year or 50,000 a year doing something they're passionate about and something they love. And they're going to have direct connection with their fans. With our system, we hope to have it set up in a way where you could have a crowdfunding type of program along with just, you know, the paying for and watching with the video where people could actually pay extra money to be able to have some kind of crowdfunding premium. Or even at the end of it, content creators can give out some kind of colored coin or like a My Powers type coin, give an artist coin to their fans, and now their fans can be connected, so to speak, to that artist, and those can be used for premiums and so forth. So the way that we can really start connecting 
content creators with the fans, I think it's just going to change the dynamic a lot and make it available for a lot more people to be in the creative business, which they dream of. Man, I really love that. And um, someone has suggested that you all have some connection with Hollywood. Is that true or not? Yeah, that uh, my brother is a screenwriter and director. So I've been around Hollywood for a long time, you know, peripherally, at least seeing how the industry works. And that was one of the kind of driving ideas why I was so interested in this, this kind of direct-to-consumer model as opposed to the gatekeeper model that my brother has to go through. And he's actually been very interested in this. We've been talking to him about this. And one of our test videos on our beta site is a uh, TV show that they've he's created and fully produced and shot. It has Jane Lynch in it and Danny Trejo and uh, you know a lot of recognizable actors and actresses in it. Mm-hmm. And that's one that we've put up for our beta test. And the goal would be to try and start bringing some Hollywood connections into this model where they can then raise the money, create the content, deal directly with the fans, as opposed to having to go through the studios and the networks and, you know, like I say, trying to win the lotto. He's been lucky and been doing this for 20 years, been a working writer for 20 years, but the frustration of having your blood and sweat that you've worked on for six months and then have it either not made or completely redone or just trashed, it's just very frustrating for creators like my brother. So he's very excited about this. And I know that there's several people that he deals with that he's been talking to about this. So we feel we're going to be able to see some really interesting Hollywood level content come about in the near future. I'm guessing that your brother's a nice guy because you sound like a nice guy. Sounds like you had a good family upbringing. That's just a guess. But, you know, I have to say, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who's thinking this right now. um, There is a lot of negative stigma attached to Hollywood in the same way that, you know, look, we need doctors and we need lawyers, but everybody who's ever had any experience with doctors and lawyers knows that there are some serious issues, some serious problems with doctors and lawyers. And that's why we have the doctor and lawyer jokes. And that's why we have the Hollywood jokes, right? We don't make these jokes up just out of thin air. They're based on some truth. So there are some people that might say, hey, man, I don't know if you want to bring Hollywood into this based on some of the crap that we see coming out of Hollywood. And, you know, there's some great stuff that comes out of Hollywood content wise. And there's some amazingly creative people there in Los Angeles and in that whole area when it comes to music and art and literature and you name it. Historically, that's been the case. But, you know, I can understand how some people would say, you know, Hollywood wears them out. For one thing, I know that there are in Hollywood some phenomenal actors and actresses. And yet, it's like the movie that came out a number of years back based on the War of the Worlds. Probably had a great screenplay, right? Great special effects and all of that. And then they cast Tom Cruise as the lead. I mean, you know, I loved that book. I read it as a kid. But when I watched the movie, all I wanted the entire time, I wanted Tom Cruise to get killed by the aliens. I wasn't rooting for him. I wanted to see him die right on the big screen why because for that great book and that great screenplay it was a decent screenplay i wanted to see a really fine actor i wanted to see somebody that really convinced me that he was there trying to survive the alien invasion i wanted to see one of hollywood's fabulous actors sure someone with shakespearean uh acting background right not tom cruise again give me a break right that's my fear of hollywood 
Well, we're hoping to bring the positive aspect of Hollywood, which is the creators, the creative people and the creators, not necessarily the corporate angle, which that's where I think a lot of the bad stuff comes from. And it's not even necessarily what people want. It's what people are told they want. Again, mm-hmm. back to the you know 16 minutes per hour of commercials, which are telling them what they want. So we have a model which is going to be able to go more direct to the consumer and to the average person. They see a lot of really highly creative people starting to do a lot better that may not have done well in the gatekeeper model, as I like to call it, you know, of what Hollywood is. Hmm. And that's kind of the experiment that we're going to be able to see. And we're already seeing it with YouTube. There's some pretty interesting shows out there on YouTube. One of them being, it's kind of like a uh, fake reality show called Video Game School. So it's kind of like a, a huh. video game school where they're, you know, teaching people video games and so forth. A very funny show, highly produced, top quality production. You know, you'd never know that it's a YouTube show if you saw it coming through your TV. It's just, it's a high quality show. So we're starting to see that and we're just hoping we can accelerate it by bringing a lot of really good creative people in and kind of leaving out the what most people associate the negative aspects of Hollywood, which is what they've always said. You know, Hollywood is basically high school with money and <laughs> that's the negative, you know? So if we can leave that part behind and just bring the creative side, I think it's going to be amazing. I love it, man. You know, that's funny. High school with money. Now that reminds me of Nashville. People often refer to Nashville as music city. And in truth, it's more music business city. And it's so funny because it seems to me that people here have been uh, so involved in music for so many years. You know, Nashville as a music hub really existed before L.A. was a music hub. And I think because of that, you see things like it hasn't been that long since we had an actual public library here, a downtown nice library, whereas other cities have had one for 100 years. We've only had sure. one for about eight years. A symphony wow. hall, you know, big cities have had symphony halls around the world for hundreds of years. And our symphony hall is only, again, like five to eight years old. And, you know, it just makes me wonder how much things are going to change, you know, with these new technologies over the next five or 10 years. And, you know, with companies like yours, with WatchMyBit.com, I think they're going to change pretty quickly. I think they're going to change faster than we think they are, faster than we can imagine. I think things are changing. I, you know, as I talked about with the experience economy and so forth, I think things will change. It's just a matter of time. And I hope we're on the cutting edge of that with our platform with WatchMyBit. Well, it sounds like you are now. Do you all have any plans for incorporating other coins where people could use other coins besides Bitcoin to pay for content, to tip for content? Yeah, the fact that we're utilizing David Ducini and uh, do a bit of good, his architecture for payment processing, we will shortly have several coins available, Dogecoin, Litecoin, uh, Karma Coin, and several others. And we plan on rolling out uh, many coins. We think that's going to be beneficial also. We just want to make it easy where people can transact you know, and get the content that they desire. So go back for a second. You mentioned David Decini. Tell me more about him. I'm not familiar. David Decini, he runs a website called Do a Bit of Good. Okay. And it's a Bitcoin-focused charitable transaction company. So if you're a charity, you sign up through his program and people could go through his website and donate to your charity utilizing Bitcoin or or several other coins that he utilizes. And he also has a very innovative program where he has a um, screensaver that you could download on your computer, run the screensaver, and it automatically mines various coins, you know, the Dogecoin or whatever coin you decide. And the proceeds are then going as a charitable contribution to the charity you picked in advance. Wow. So 
He has a very good back-end program as far as payment processing for coins, and we've partnered with him to do our payment processing, and he has all those other coins available. Okay, great. So let's see, what are your plans for the future here with um, Watch My Bit and with other projects you might be working on? Well, we're hoping by the time uh, this airs, we may be in open beta for viewers. So right now we're in closed beta. So if you want to view our videos, you have to go to beta.watchmybit.com, sign up, and then be granted access to view the videos. Within a week or so, we hope to be in open beta. So we hope that you could just go to the website, beta.watchmybit.com or watchmybit.com, and click on a video scan the QR code and boom, start watching. Nice. And content creators will still have to sign in. We'll always have a login page for content creators, but we hope to be in open beta real soon. And beyond that, we obviously want to do the full launch. And from there, we would like to have a uh, phone apps. So where we could do it where it would be a seamless integration, you know, similar to the YouTube phone app. But with our program, it would automatically pull from your phone wallet. So kind of like if you've ever gone to gift.com to buy gift cards using Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. we want to have it the exact same type of process where it's just a seamless click the button, boom, and your video starts. So we plan on having that. And we also plan on having our videos can be embedded into a content creator's own website. So as opposed to always having to come to our site, they can then have the video on their website. So that's one of the big things we plan on for the future. And just a push for more various types of content. And one of the big things that we're working on is because on the back end side, which it gets a little technical, but this is kind of neat for the content creators. One of the advantages that we have is you get paid directly in Bitcoin. So if you charge 25 cents and you know we take our cut and your money goes directly in Bitcoin to you, mm-hmm. but let's say you're a band and you have four guys, you could split them up evenly if you want. So everybody gets their, you know, their 25% or whatever it is. And they each have their own Bitcoin address in there. And then specify a percentage that goes to charity. Again, using do a bit of good, you can then pick one of the charities that receives Bitcoin. We're also giving a percentage of whatever we make too to charities through do a bit of good. So that's one of the things that we like is it makes it where everybody's kind of on the even playing field on the back end. And one of the plans that we're going to be promoting is kind of the agent concept where let's say you're big at Bitcoin and you're big at video production. You could go to local bands who may not be good at video or good at Bitcoin and tell them, look, I'm going to videotape your shows, put them up on do a bit of good for you. And I'm going to just cover my costs. So maybe the first $200 I'll get after that, the band's going to keep 90% and I'm going to keep 10% or whatever the split they decide on. It could be, you know, a negotiation, but that way it's going to be where people can be out there promoting not only watchmybit.com, but the whole Bitcoin concept to musicians and stand-up comedians and comedy troops and what have you, where they can bring that content to our site And the content creators just get to focus on what they do. Wow, I love that. So, you know, I know that this is a lot of new information for a lot of people. This is a new model for something that's like YouTube, but it's watchmybit.com. Are you all going to have some kind of a video there on watchmybit.com that explains to new users, hey, here's what we do, here's who we are, so that they don't just land there and wonder, what am I supposed to do? In other words, kind of a tutorial video that would be accessible, you know, pretty much perpetually until the thing takes off, until people are really used to using Bitcoin. 
Exactly. Yeah. We're going to have a whole tutorial, not only just showing people how to use the site, but where do you go to get Bitcoin? How do you get Bitcoin? Mm. You know, and even links to what is Bitcoin. So kind of a 101 that we're going to have set up a resource section. And then we're also going to have a video that's talking to the content creators, showing them the same idea. How do you get a Bitcoin wallet? You know, do you want to use a Coinbase or do you want to have your own wallet? So forth. So, you know, because they would need a Bitcoin wallet to be able to put up their content. Right. So we would want to walk them through that process, too. Right now, it's obviously a lot of early adopters that are Bitcoin users, but mm-hmm. we want to be able to have people that are not Bitcoin users. So we're going to have to walk them through it. So, yeah, we're going to have a content creator tutorial and a viewer tutorial. Okay, nice. So let's say that I want to put my song, Ode to Satoshi, which I refer to as the official Bitcoin song. I have it up on YouTube. I get little tips coming in every once in a while. I have over 11,000 views. So I probably would have made better money if I'd put it on watchmybit.com instead of YouTube. But I'm happy to have it on YouTube. But I think I'd be even happier to have it on watchmybit.com. So I have it on there, let's say, and I'm charging. I get to choose, I assume, that I'm going to say, okay, 20 cents, the Bitcoin equivalent of 20 cents. How much do you guys take of that 20 cents? Right now, we're doing 25%. And that's to build out the infrastructure and so forth. Okay. Do you think that'll change over time? That's the big unknown of how big this gets and uh, what the overhead cost would be. So yeah, we definitely feel that will change probably to the advantage of the content creator. But for right now, yeah, we're looking at it in similar models that are in the fiat world. We've seen 30, 35, 40% is kind of the norm. So we're looking at 25% as our fee. You know, it does sound like a lot, but then, you know, when you look on our end, we have to have the servers for storage where the videos are being stored and up, you know, we have to have the bandwidth to upload those videos right. on demand. We have to have the conversion programs, the website programs. So there's a lot of back end that we need to, to cover and the, the tech support to be able to handle that, you know, to be able to pay the tech guys to handle that. So absolutely. You know, I think once that model gets in people's minds, they realize, wow, I like that short short story I read, instead of just moving on to the next thing, I can send them really quickly. I can send that writer 25 cents, you know, and that times a thousand or that times 10,000, that can help that writer continue to get their books published or continue to maybe actually travel around the country or around their region and give lectures and teach that can do so much good just 25 cents you know if you add up all of those the power that that has that's now and that's coming that's in the hands of the people the power is enormous the power is beyond what really your average person can conceive of i'm i agree yeah maybe i'm waxing hyperbolic about it but i don't think so man i think that we just aren't there yet that we don't understand that power but I'll tell you what. It's getting there quick. Yeah, it's getting there quick. Mark, watchmybit.com sounds just amazing. I believe that Stephanie Murphy is interviewing the other co-founder, Doug Scribner, at the same time period. Maybe they're interviewing right now at this exact moment in time. It's like a par- <laughs> like a parallel universe <laughs> thing, go- thing going on. But I think that the shows are going to come out right around the same time. I actually have two other interviews that I have done um, that have been waiting and but then these great things keep coming up. I had the great interview with Andreas Antonopoulos and like, well, I had to put him, I had to put him before these two people. And now I had this great interview with you about watchmybit.com. And now I have to put you in front of these two people. So I've got two people out there. 
<laughs> hey, no problem. One of them is with BitPesa, the woman I interviewed. She's probably chomping at the bit, wondering, where's my interview? And then the other one's with Commissioner Gonzalez here in Tennessee. He's the top banking official here in Tennessee, and he's probably fuming, where the hell is my interview? It's been like two weeks now. Now it's going to be another week, third week. So anyway, that's all to say that I'm pissing these people off. But, you know, folks, it's for a good cause. <laughs> exactly. I loved your interview with Andreas, by the way. And he no, kind of talked about that, too that Bitcoin's going to take off when there's things that people need to get Bitcoin to be able to utilize. And that's what we're hoping. There might just be a handful, 20, 30, 50, 100 video providers that are so big that people have to get Bitcoin for. Picture what that's going to do to Bitcoin. You know, that's going to drive mass adoption, we feel, a lot faster just because it's something that people need to figure out, well, I need Bitcoin because I need to see this video or I need to see this band. And that's what we're hoping for. Absolutely. Although I just watched a video, Stefan Molyneux talks about how he thinks that the battle between the Bitcoin world and those who want to regulate it, those people who stand to be displaced from their power positions, the central bankers and all of that, who are thinking in terms of trillions of dollars, he said he believes there will be a battle. There's a battle coming that is of biblical proportions. So I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I tend to think that we're going to have many, many different skirmishes, many different battles, but that Bitcoin is going to continue to do really well over time. And personally, I think that the big governments around the world, they're too busy wanting to go over to foreign nations and slaughter people that speak different languages or have different religious beliefs or who have different color skin. They're too busy in the business of killing people to have much time to spend in the business of killing Bitcoin. That's just my opinion. And you know what? That's really sad. That's really sad that that's why. Bitcoin's going to continue to do so well because these people are busy with their nefarious work. But I, sad, but I think it's true, man. Oh, it's very true. And even bottom line, the way I look at it, you know, to me, what finally sold me on Bitcoin, it wasn't necessarily just the currency aspect, which is amazing, but it's the blockchain concept, what we're going to be able to do with the blockchain. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, as you say, Governments are going to be upset over this, but at the end of the day, as long as U.S. dollars are showing up in the form of tax revenue, they don't care how that money is going to be generated, be it companies that are doing big businesses or so forth. As long as some of that gets converted back to U.S. dollars and they pay their taxes, they're going to be happy. So yeah, I, think I, I don't true. think it's going to be as big a war as he feels, but yeah, no, I don't never think- know. Yeah, I don't think it is either. You never know. And then there's also the concept of something being anti-fragile from Nicholas Nassim Taleb in his book, The Black Swan. Bitcoin is anti-fragile, and people are talking about that now. So even if you regulate the hell out of it, it's anti-fragile. In other words, it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger, not just by virtue of the network effect, but by virtue of the intrinsic value of the technology. It's a completely different subject from whether or not Bitcoin, the currency, has intrinsic value. But, of course, we know that it does because it's tied to the intrinsic value of the blockchain technology, right? So, yeah, I don't know about a war of biblical proportions. All I know, folks, is that I am bullish on Bitcoin, the currency, and bullish on Bitcoin uh, the technology, and I am bullish on WatchMyBit.com. I had no idea that this was, before we started the interview, that this was as exciting as it is. This is great stuff. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I think so, too. It's been really exciting. Just every day, we keep thinking of more ways that it could be utilized, and we're starting to see people on our content creator forum where they can post suggestions and feedback. 
people are already coming up with ideas of how they can utilize our platform to build a business or to create some kind of service. So it's really exciting to see not just what we can come up with, but what viewers and content creators can come up with. Hey, I want to be both a viewer and a creator of content. I definitely want to have my content on Watch My Bit, not just to make money. Oh, no. Who am I kidding? <laughs> I want it there so I can make some money, man. There could be great ways to utilize your Oda Satoshi. Hold a competition on our website. Tell people, come up with different versions using your lyrics. Have the metal version and the rap version and the <laughs> punk version. Man, I love that idea. And I should even put out in reference to that, that the guy from Brocker has agreed to help fund a music video for Oda Satoshi. And he's offering me like three grand in Bitcoin to help produce it. So if there's anybody out there who would be willing to help with that, that's another idea. But yeah, I love your idea of having people share content and be able to have competitions and also be able to just create whatever you can think of that you think people would like and get paid for it. That's a model that YouTube does. But the big problem with YouTube is at the end of the day, the central authority is getting most of the money and you're getting peanuts once again, right? Exactly. So you guys are offering not peanuts, you're offering steak and lobster. I like that. <laughs> hey, it's great. Listen, Mark, thank you so much for being on the show. If you could tell our listeners the best way for them to get in touch with you and the best way for them to start using right now while in beta, watchmybit.com. Watchmybit.com will be the main site, but right now to be a beta viewer or beta user until we're open beta, which we hope will be shortly, is beta.watchmybit.com. And if you want to get a hold of me, I'm at mark at watchmybit.com or doug at watchmybit.com. So we can answer emails and any information that you like. All right. And I imagine uh, just from having this conversation with you, that you guys are pretty accessible. And it sounds like you're being very open to ideas that people might have in terms of how this thing's going to ultimately turn out. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been listening to Mark Hilgenberg with watchmybit.com. And I am going to be watching very closely as watchmybit.com takes off and soars into above and beyond the stratosphere, man. This is great stuff. Thank you, Mark, so much for being on the show. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Yep, and we'll have to do it again, man. When you guys are up and running, let's say three to six months from now, let's have you back on the show. Maybe we can even have you and Doug and Oliver on the show at the same time. I'm definitely looking forward to tracking this and to getting my content there on watchmybit.com and looking forward to talking with you more about it in the future. Thanks so much for being on the show, Mark. Thanks. Take care. All right, you too. Bye. Hickory dickory. Daiquiris for two. I have a magic word for you. And today's magic word is watch. W-A-T-C-H. Watch. As in the sentence, I would like to watch videos on the internet without being forced to watch crappy commercials. Today's magic word is watch. Now climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. And there's plenty of room for all. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day When he wrote about the way things are and the way things ought to be He gave us all a protocol this world had never seen Or Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Or Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, gonna rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name 
told about the death of old Mount Gox About traders trading altar coins and miners mining blocks But them good old boys back in Illinois and on down through Tennessee See, they don't care to be a millionaire, they're just wanting to be free Oh, Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Oh, Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny Oh, Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Oh, Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, gonna rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your Give me some exposure Everybody knows your name, sing it Oh, Lord, pass me some more Oh Lord, pass me some more Oh Lord, before I have to go Thank my guest on the show today, Mark Hilgenberg, the co-founder of WatchMyBit.com. Together with co-founder Doug Scribner and their tech expert, Oliver Goretsky, these guys are taking entertainment and education on the Internet to a whole new level. Thanks, guys. And I'd like to give a shout-out to David Duccini of DoABitOfGood.com. David, thanks for all you do with DoABitOfGood.com, and I hope that we can meet sometime soon. To find out more about my guests and sponsors, check out the show notes on the Let's Talk Bitcoin page, on SoundCloud, or on BitcoinsAndGravy.com. Thanks for tuning into the show, and if you really do like the show and you aren't just faking it, please tell your friends about it or send them a link to the show. And remember the Bitcoins and Gravy hotline. Have you ever wanted to be a podcaster? Then call Bitcoins and Gravy at 615 208 5198 and leave a message with your comments, questions, or complaints. This is your chance to give me a piece of your mind and tell me what you really think about the show. <laughs> and if you give me your permission, I will put your call-in comments on the show. And of course, I offer a number of ways for you to download all of the past podcasts. You can go to letstalkbitcoin.com or directly from SoundCloud or you can go to the website, which of course is bitcoinsandgravy.com. If you've enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review on SoundCloud. And remember, it's your reviews and comments 
that help new listeners discover Bitcoins and Gravy, plus all the other great podcasts, articles, and links that can be found on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. I also thank you for your generous donations in Bitcoin or Litecoin that help me keep the lights on and coffee in the kettle. Signing off now from East Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, John Barrett, with my trusty companion, Maxwell. Say goodbye, Maxwell. (laughs) Wishing you all a great week. Y'all be good to each other out there now, and remember the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing.